Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. What's up? It's your man Chad here, back in effect for another episode of the Life, Love, and the Hustle Show. And I am joined today by one of the foremost experts in uh, functional aging. Me being a 48-year-old man, um, I'm very keenly interested in what he has to say, being a former athlete and a current jujitsu student getting his butt kicked all over the mat. I need to know how to stay strong. Uh, and how to remain relatively uninjured <laughs> from from the mat work and and in the gym work, be able to bounce back from injuries and be able to uh, you know uh, tie my son up in pretzels no matter how old I am. So uh, I want to welcome. This is the uh, co-founder of the Functional Aging Institute. This is Dr. Dan Ritchie. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. These are always uh, fun fun things to do. Yeah, it's a good time. I, have you uh, have you thought about hosting your own podcast, sir? I have. Um, I, I've been thinking about it now for probably three or four years. <laughs> As of right now, I just enjoy being on other people's podcasts. <laughs> you sound like me when I talk about getting a tattoo. I've been talking about getting a tattoo since I was 19. <laughs> I don't have one yet. That's only a couple of years, so. <laughs> so we're getting ready to go into as we're recording this, getting ready to go into the into the holiday. Uh, you got any big weekend plans, man? What's going on in, in Richie World? Uh not a whole lot this weekend. Finally a quiet weekend. We've had the last few weekends busy moving uh our daughter off to college last weekend. Uh moved my son out of state the first weekend. So uh looking forward to kind of a quiet weekend. Probably watch some some baseball, some football, and uh, take her easy. Oh, it's a good time of year, man. So in case no one knows who Dr. Dan Ritchie is, uh, give us the background on you, sir. Yeah, so I, I started out at Southeast Missouri State uh, Fitness and Sports Medicine. I, I thought I wanted to coach and train athletes, um, maybe get into football coaching. And I spent a year in grad school as a graduate assistant strength coach, and I realized, yeah, I don't think I want to be a strength coach for the rest of my life. Um, decided to pursue a master's degree in Wisconsin and, and fell in love with training. I, you know, I, I hate to use the word older adult cause I was training people in their forties and fifties. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm in my forties. What, what am I talking about? But you know, in the late nineties, uh, you know, baby boomers were in their forties and fifties and they were looking for a little more help to, to stay sharp. And, you know, they wanted to keep water skiing and downhill skiing and, um, playing softball and golf and, and I just fell in love with that and decided to move on from there to Purdue to get a PhD focused on gerontology and kinesiology and really studying how do we age well. Um, and that uh, eventually led to me meeting Cody, my business partner and co-founder of the Functional Aging Institute. And and we just kind of started looking ahead and we're like, hey, these 40 and 50 year olds are, they're going to be turning 60 and 65 and the biggest numbers our country's ever seen, right? I mean, the baby boom generation now is like 58 to 76 years old and there's 70 million of them and and they don't want to get old the way their parents and grandparents did and so 
um, really our, our focus has been um, what does the research say and what have we proven with over 2,000 uh, clients we've trained over the last 20 years um, to help people age really, really well, right? Not, none of us know and nobody listening knows if they're going to live to to 80, 90, 100, 105. But the, the, the reality is we all know we want to do it really well, right? We want to get to that finish line, um, whatever that year is, and still be able to be independent, vital, purposeful, and productive. And so um, so that's really what we're about at the Functional Aging Institute. I like what you said. You said purposeful, productive, or you said vital, purposeful, and productive. Yep, yep. I like that. So unpack that for me. Yeah, I, I'm convinced now after we've been studying aging and successful aging and, you know, kind of heroes of aging around the world, I, I'm convinced we don't really have anything in us that says, I can't wait to, to a certain age and be useless, right? Like, we, we might have a desire to someday maybe slow down or retire from our, a stressful occupation, but that doesn't mean we flip a switch and are like, ah, I want to sit in a rocking chair and do nothing, Um no, I think we have a desire to be purposeful and productive, uh, and that looks different for everyone, right? It might be volunteering in a soup kitchen. It might be teaching uh, second graders to read. It could be uh, helping raise your own grandchildren. could be starting a non-for-profit. It could, uh, some people want to keep working, okay? So if you want to keep working until you're 80, 90 years old, um, I mean, John Williams is a great example, right? I mean, here's a guy who, admittedly is slowing down a little bit. And he said, well, I'll do a little of the music for the new Indiana Jones movie. And then of course, as he got into it, he wound up doing the music for the whole movie, right? At 91, 92 years old, right? So I don't think we have a switch in us when we get to a certain age that says, I want to hang up my productivity. In fact, I think what you hear more and more people say is, I want to be useful. I want to contribute. I want to be productive. What can I do? And of course, why is it that our volunteer force is predominantly people over 60? Because they want to serve. They want to be productive. They want to have a meaning. Um, and so they keep they keep giving back. And, and that's, that's really critical. And so the reality is it's difficult to be purposeful and productive if you're not functional, if you're not vital, if you don't have strength, if you don't have balance, if you don't have the physical ability to do it. Um, and so I think so many people realize as they approach retirement, well, gee, I, I need to be in a little bit better shape. I need to be a little bit stronger. I need to have a little more energy. Um, everyone listening right now, raise your hand if you'd like to be 25% stronger, right? I mean, everyone would like to be 25% stronger. I don't care how strong you are. The strongest guys are always trying to get stronger, right? So if you're, if you're sitting at 62 years old and you're like, oh, man, you need to start working on getting stronger, you need to start working on getting a little bit quicker, a little bit more athletic, a little more agile, right? We can train all of these things and you can get better. And so I think people just realize, hey, if I'm going to be even more productive and purposeful, I have to have the functional uh, ability to do it. So I remember when the term functional strength was coined, you know, People may not know, back in the day, I was, uh, I was a personal trainer, gym owner back in the day. Had about a 25-year career. As a matter of fact, it's where I first met you, of course, was, uh, as we discussed, in Kentucky at one of the, uh, at, uh, one of the Fitness Revolution events. Yeah. And I remember when that term was first coined, it got popularized out there in the world. Um, so 
how has, and I remember it, it, it was still kind of new. People were like, ah, what, what are these stupid inflatable balls or, you know, what's all this balanced nonsense, you know, what, right, what, right. what are we using these cables for? So how, how, how has the general view of functional strength training or it's like National Academy of Sports Medicine calls it uh, integrated functional training. How has the attitudes and the practices uh, uh, changed since like maybe like 15 years ago? Yeah, well, one, I think we've gotten a little smarter about it. Uh, I think there was a time where we we started pushing the boundaries and the limits a little bit, right? It was like, oh, you you want to make an exercise even more functional? Let's let's create the balance challenge even harder. And at some point, you have to say, wait a minute, you know, standing on top of a stability ball is not really more functional. First of all, when are you ever when are you ever going to do that in real life? So it's it it shifts from more functional to actually less functional to actually non-functional, right? I mean, we we can put someone on a platform that makes the exercise so hard, but it's also not real to real life. And so I think we've kind of come full circle and we've come back to functional training needs to be how specific is it to the task, right? And we've gotten, really, I think we've looked at sport-specific training and we've realized really what this is is task-specific training to life, right? So you want to carry the laundry upstairs? Well, let's train for that and let's be real specific about it. So we don't have to get crazy platforms. You just have to say, hey, we, we need to get some steps. We need to get something that simulates holding a laundry basket, right? And and train that. Uh, you want to pick, pick groceries up off the floor and carry them? That's not hard. Let's grab a couple kettlebells and carry them across the room, right? So we start getting real specific about training the task that people want to do. Um, and, and one of the terms we added, we threw age in there, right? We said functional aging training, right? So how does that change with age, right? I'm 75. I still got to get down on the floor to find the remote control just like a 50-year-old does, right? So what sort of tasks and how does a 75-year-old accomplish that task, right? So... I think we've just gotten more specific. What do you have to do, Chad, to do stuff really well that you like to do? And and we make a list and Chad says, well, I like to play golf and I like to water ski and I like to go hiking. And we start breaking down all of those tasks and get real specific with your training program. Because if, if Chad doesn't want to go downhill winter skiing and ski moguls and, you know, ski jumps and that sort of stuff, well, then I don't need to give you those task-specific exercises. I need to give you exercises based on the things you enjoy doing, right? A golf swing is different than a tennis swing, right? In fact, tennis players need to have more lateral agility and movement ability. Golfers, they don't really need that quite as much. They need more rotational power, and they actually need more stability. Because if you're going to shift your weight to explode through a golf ball, you got to be pretty stable on your feet, whereas a tennis player needs to be able to move more. So, again, we get real task-specific, uh, even breaking it down to things like, you know, carrying the dog food, carrying the groceries in, gardening, you know, lifestyle-type tasks. Um, because, again, uh, we start to think about it as training for life, uh, not just training for sports. Yeah, I agree because... When I pulled my hammy last week in jujitsu, <laughs> I realized I may need to do some more hamstring work. But uh, uh, I remember back in my prime, 
And I really started to focus on this thing called functional strength training. I started to follow a lot of work from uh, like like guys like Juan Carlos Santana, um, not the singer, of course, in case you guys are out there, not in the fitness world. I don't mean, I mean, old J.C. Santana out of Florida. Uh, he was, I think he was one of the first ones to popularize the whole functional training um, movement back in the day. And I remember um, when I started to integrate more of that programming, instead of just doing, you know, bodybuilder style workouts, now I, I was, now I was doing a lot more like extending single arm work. I was doing uh, more multi-directional uh, leg work. I was doing uh, more variations in my core training. And I remember um, when I look at the guys who didn't train that way back in my professional wrestling career, I remember they were a lot more injured than I was. Uh, they couldn't do what I could do even going into my 40s like I could. Um, so now when I see the difference, when I don't really train that way, like I do, I see a big difference in my performance. Um, so I definitely got to get back into it, especially in, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm in the age range where, um, this is as good as it gets, man. It's just as good as it gets. So when you're talking to, uh, people who may have been former athletes, uh, or who want to want to maintain some semblance of athleticism, even until they're in later years, you know, sixties, seventies. Um, how does it all begin when when they when they come see you? So the starting point, I think, for most people is um, it's either what are you struggling with now, or what is it that you want to do now and continue to do for as long as possible, right? So some people. You know, if they come to us, especially if they come to us early enough, right, at 50, 55, um, they're not really struggling with anything. They're just starting to realize, you know, if I want to keep traveling and hiking and doing these adventures that I like to do, if I want to keep playing softball competitively, if I want to keep playing tennis, golf, they have a list of things they, they enjoy doing. And they're starting to realize if I don't start to reinforce this in the gym and train in the gym, uh, I'm going to lose the ability to do these things to the level at which I enjoy them, right? Golf no longer becomes enjoyable if your skill and play really drop off because you don't have the strength, the speed, the power. So we start with what are the things you enjoy doing? Um, are there any things you're struggling with? Um, and, and then we sort of build a program around that, right? So if someone's 60 years old and and they're starting to say, you know, I, I'm noticing I can't keep up with the grandkids on the playground, or if we go for a hike, I'm always huffing and puffing. And, you know, there's just things I'm noticing that, boy, in a year or two, I'm not going to be able to do them anymore, right? Or I just can't keep up, or maybe the grandkids aren't going to even want me to go on the trip. So we start to build out the program based on what is it that's impacting your life, right? What are the things in your life that you want to be able to do better? Uh, move better, function better, in some cases, reduce joint pain, right? If your knees are bothering you. Uh, and then we build out your training program based on that. Uh, and we kind of review that in three to six months and make sure we're on the right course, right? Is this helping you in terms of, you know, sometimes it's as simple as I want to be able to garden with less pain. I want to be able to keep horseback riding. I want to keep riding my bike in the neighborhood. Um, well, how are those activities going for you? Oh, I'm doing them more than ever because, I'm having less pain. I'm having greater enjoyment doing them, right? I call it putting you on a more positive trajectory, 
right? As opposed to a negative trajectory where you're like, oh, I can only go for a bike ride once a week because it hurts my back and my knees. Now I'm going for a bike ride three or four days a week because I feel great, right? And we're putting you on a different trajectory. So that's really kind of where we start. And then we're always tweaking it, right? Three to six months from now, how's this working, right? Is this impacting the activities that you want to do? And then of course, somebody comes along and they're like, hey, I'm doing so well. I think I want to try a new sport. Um, okay, well, tell me about that new sport, right? Like pickleball right now, for example, is all the rage, right? People are like, it's hot right now. How hard can it be? I'll take up pickleball. Well, let's let's test your lateral movement, right? You're a yeah. stop and start and change direction. Hmm, maybe we need to do a little training before you just run out of the pickleball court and hurt your knee, um, which is a common problem. People think, oh, I'm going to take a pickleball. And then boom, they hurt their knee, they sprained their ankle, uh, and all of a sudden they're injured. Um, so if you want to take up a new sport, add a new sport. Well, then let's look at how we need to tweak your training program. So the, um, and in, in, in case you guys are listening out there and you, and you care for a little bit of a uh, nerd knowledge, uh, women tend to get the most uh, injuries from lateral movement out of all athletes because of uh, the, the hip to knee ratio. So be careful out there, ladies. You know, when you're playing tennis and you're pickleball, don't hurt those knees. You know, talk to uh, Dr. Richie and uh, get those training programs. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, people people see pickleball, uh, Chad, and it, it looks it looks harmless, right? And it looks easy. And I think if you've never played it before, it's like, oh, it's, it looks like it's, you know, it's way less movement than tennis. Um, yeah. It almost looks like ping pong standing up, right? Like, oh, I, I can't get hurt doing that. Well, paddles. if you don't have the lower body strength and you don't have the lateral uh, quickness and agility and you haven't been doing those things in a while, you, you definitely can set yourself up for injury. Um, for sure, overuse injury, you know, because now all of a sudden people are playing pickleball four or five days in a row. Um, they're not letting their body recover. And pretty soon uh, we wind up with some knee injuries, some cartilage damage. People are doing things that they could have been a little smarter and a little more prepared for, right? Like, let's get a little readiness before we just go jump into a... It, it, we really should think of pickleball as a sport, right? It's not just a fun activity because, let's face it, we're all still competitive by human, na human nature. Uh, so so make sure you're physically ready before you just jump out on the, on the court. Oh, I'm trying to smash that ball if I'm playing. I want to win. Absolutely. <laughs> so now let's talk about, uh, do you talk about nutrition also with the client? So um, how do you approach nutrition uh, when you might have someone who's been used to eating the same way, maybe for the past like 30 years, how do you approach the issue of nutrition with that client? Nutrition is something we uh, tend to refer out, honestly. Um, we, we will help clients with nutrition if it's something they really want help with, um, though the vast majority of clients over the years have not come to us for that. They're coming to us for physical movement and performance, um, and we tend to refer them out to a dietitian for that. Um, but it, it's really easy for us to do a three- or four-day food journal with people, review it, and and usually the simplest thing I tell people, Chad, is, don't overthink it. Let's let's start with one change, right? And a lot of times you look at somebody's food journal and the one change could be, hey, let's try to get one piece of fruit a day 
you know, because you can look at somebody's food journal and go, gee, I see four days here and you haven't had a piece of fruit in four days. So let's try to get one piece of fruit a day, right? Or you might look at it and say, let's try to have one less cookie a day, right? Let's just make one change. I think the mistake people make is they try to change their, their, I said it. They've been doing the same thing for 30 years and we're going to come blow the whole thing up and say, well, no, you got to eat four meals a day and they got to be this size and you got to count your macros and all of a sudden. It's a lot throwing formulas at them and they're like there ain't no way i'm doing that so i'm like no let's not do any of that Let, let's try to add one positive behavior um or in some cases remove one negative for a lot of people i think it's let's just drink more water um let's maybe cut the the soda from three sodas a day to two sodas a day and and, and replace one with water uh over time if we can get you down to one soda a day and, and more water um as opposed to me saying, well, we got to cut all soda. And now, now you're freaking out. It's like, wait, you took my three sodas a day away. So, so keep it simple. But, or, or the bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah, right. The, the, the small serving of wine, which you find out is really four glasses of wine. I just have two glasses of wine. What's glasses of wine, right? They're like giant. <laughs> um, you know, Star Starbucks is a really funny one, right? People. I mean, I, I've had clients over the years who are like, I'm not losing any weight. I'm like, um, the Frappuccino is the equivalent of you having a Big Mac, right? Like, would you tell someone you had a Big Mac for breakfast? You would be embarrassed, right? The Frappuccino coffee. Yeah, the Frappuccino you're having at Starbucks has 700 calories. Oh, but I only do that like four days a week. I'm like, oh, only four days a week. So, <laughs> so but people don't so, realize that that's, that's 2,800 calories. Oh, oh drink. Yeah, right. If you cut that habit, you'd lose a pound a week, right? Easy. I mean, it's like, no, no, easy. Not to mention, you could give me $20 tip, you know, <laughs> save, save the money. So we we try to just give people little suggestions. And then if it's more complex than that, we will refer them out because, you know, people have, you know, I, I tell people that the complexity of food is what works for one person is a disaster for another. Um, what's a disaster for one person is the perfect plan for someone else. You know, some people can't do dairy. Um, some people dairy works fine for them, right? I mean, everyone is so different in terms of food tolerances, intolerances, allergies. You know, some people can eat tons of fruit, not have problems. Other people eat too much fruit and they don't feel well. It, it's all over the board. So it's hard. Um, so we typically, when it gets to that complexity, we'll refer them to a, 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 a dietitian service here in town. I think it's super important, especially as we get older, to really be super mindful, especially if you haven't typically been in your youth. It's even more important uh, as you get older to make sure that you're really taking care of your body, like nutritionally. Because an analogy I always used was, what are you made of? You're made of cells. Or, so how do you build cells? With food. <laughs> so what do you want to be made of? You want to be made up of value meal type materials or do you want to you know what I mean? it, it, it's like you're not going to build a house um on on on, on garbage so you're you're whenever you eat and drink trash you're literally rebuilding your cells out of trash food and that's why you don't feel good any time of your day that's why you don't sleep good that's why you're tired all the time that's why you're sick because you're rebuilding what you're made of out of the worst possible materials that you could find you know yeah. so that's uh, definitely important man uh, and like you said with the water you gotta drink your water 
Um, and it can be a daunting task, but uh, what you said about just changing one thing at a time, that's, that's, that, that's, that's crucial. Uh, one habit, like uh, Rocky, yeah. like Rocky Balboa said, he, he said, he said, one step, one punch, one round. Yeah. Yeah. One, one habit is, is manageable, right? If I, if I tell you, you got to remove all of your favorite foods and you got to start eating a whole bunch of foods you don't like. It's just not going to work. It's a recipe for disaster. But if I if I say, hey, let's just try to drink two more glasses of water a day. Well, most people can accomplish that, right? It, it might be a little bit tough at first, but eventually they'll be like, yeah, it's no big deal. And then we can go to four glasses of water a day, right? I mean, it's just small little incremental changes. So our, our body doesn't freak out. And, and of course, our behavior change model basically tells us, like, I'm not going to take someone who's 30 years set in their ways. I mean, I remember I had a client come to me and they were having Wendy's chili, Wendy's chili, which is, you know, super easy to get every night for dinner. Yeah. Cause it was 99 cent menu. Yeah. Well this, yeah. Back in the day, it probably was 99 cent, right? I was like, Oh, I go through Wendy's and I get a cup of chili every night. I'm like, okay. Um, why don't we try to cut that to like three nights a week? Cause I knew if I said, just cut that, like, that's terrible. Cut that out. Yeah. Right. They're, they didn't want to cook. Right. The main reason they were doing it was convenience, fast, easy. I don't even think cost was the issue for them. It was just fast and easy. Right. They didn't have, yeah. they were, they were single. I don't want to have to cook. I know I can, I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's try to have something else. Right. Um, and not from Wendy's, right? Like you don't get to go on Tuesday and Thursday and get a burger or something. So just baby steps, right? Little things. Um, interestingly enough, almost all of their diet was pretty good. Uh, in fact, they didn't even need to lose weight. Just as we started talking about their nutrition, they wanted to improve it a little bit. I said, okay, Wendy's chili five nights a week. Yeah, let's try to cut that back to three. <laughs> so again, we we build habits over time. We're, we tend to be creatures of habit and routines and patterns. Um, and so to, to say we're going to completely, this is why most diets don't work, right? You go on a diet, well, it might work for a week, sure, because your body goes, oh yeah, totally different eating pattern, I'll lose five pounds. But you can't stick with it. You can't stick with it. Uh, you can't sustain that. Uh, you go back to the pattern you're used to, the weight comes back. So um, small habits, uh, you know, just a little bit at a time. Yep. The thing is, uh, people used to ask me all the time, what's the best diet that I can do to to lose weight or, I, or to get in shape? I say, well, the best diet is the one you can stick with for a long time. Right. Yeah, that's if you can stick with it for 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 a year, that's the best diet for you. You know what I mean? Um, so now let's talk about the business of fitness. Now, I haven't been in the fitness business for for quite some time, but um, things are different post COVID. I still have some friends in the industry and things are things are things are different. And uh, it seems like everyone is uh talking the same things everyone is training the same way it seems like we've reverted in a lot of ways now with what you do i feel like i i can't believe that there aren't more coaches and trainers who are taking advantage of this huge opportunity in the industry to to step out of 
the small little lake and get out into the ocean, right? Get out into that blue water, you know? Sharks congregate in, in prime hunting areas and they have to compete for all the little fish. But the smarter sharks go out into the ocean and find new blue areas. But when you're talking about the aging population, these baby boomers, they're not our grandparents. You know, they are, they're, they're, they're active. Uh, they want to look good. They want to perform well. And, and I still can't believe that more people aren't trying to get into that space. So uh, let's talk about that for a minute. So let's talk about the actual business um, of training the aging population. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the biggest business opportunity right now. Any, anyone in fitness right now listening to this, um, the biggest financial opportunity, business opportunity, money generating opportunity, client opportunity is training people over the age of 50, uh, even over the age of 60. Uh, I mean, just look at the numbers and the math. Uh, the baby boom generation is about 25% of our population. So in just about any given market, one out of four people are baby boomers. Now, here's the interesting thing. Baby boomers are all over 55. In fact, the youngest baby boomers are now 50 eight uh here in 2023 50 59 even so i think they're turning 60 in 2024 um so you're talking late 50s to really late 70s i think the oldest boomers are 77 um but here's the interesting thing not only are they one out of four people in every market people are like oh there's not that many old people I'm like really one out of four people are baby boomers though those baby boomers those baby boomers have about three out of four dollars in your market Right, three out of four of the spending opportunity dollars in your market, they're holding. That that's staggering, especially when you consider the other one out of four dollars are sitting in in people's pockets that are over seventy seven, or in a lot of cases under fifty, and they have less ability to spend those dollars because they need those dollars for college funds for their mortgage for retirement home nursing home because they're in their 80s and 90s right so so not only do they have three out of four spending dollars they have more freedom to spend it and they have more time right biggest objection in fitness is is cost what's it cost can i afford it next biggest one is time I, i'm too busy i don't have enough time guess what starts to get solved as people retire they have a little more free time on their schedule doesn't mean they're totally available but they have more free time than 40 and 50 year olds they're more flexible then, yeah then when you think about gen xers who half of gen xers are now over 50 they're 50 to 58 years old they have more time they have more spending power they have more flexibility and they have more needs right they're awakened to the fact that oh man i'm 54 i need some help right Whereas a 34-year-old might still be like, eh, I don't really need to hire a trainer. Uh, I know I need to eat a little bit less and move a little bit more. Um, they'll do it on their own. And if they do happen to sign up for a fitness program, they won't stay very long. Um, they churn and burn, right? So again, it's just, it's a perfect made recipe because people in their 60s and 70s, they become personal training clients and they don't quit because... Well, why would I quit? Now I'm getting in better shape. I don't want to go back to who I was, right? So they stay an average of five to seven years. The client lifetime value, again, on the over 60 crowd is so much longer, uh, so much better. And so to me, it's just the, the perfect opportunity for anyone listening that that is in the fitness world. You should be going after 
people in their 60s. And and I'll add just a little note to that, Chad, because I know most people listening are like, oh, well, yeah, that's nice. I already have clients in their 60s. I'm like, of course you do, because they're going to come find you. The question is, are you really marketing to them? Are you really offering services to them? Are you dominating that market the way you could and should? Or are you just accidentally taking a few orders, right? Because a 60-year-old will order Domino's pizza just like a 30-year-old does, right? They do it the exact same way. They order the pizza, they pay for it. So if you're not marketing well, you're missing a huge opportunity because all you're doing is accidentally getting a few 60 and 70-year-olds because they'll seek you out. There, there's a huge market opportunity there. Uh, in fact, where we've helped, when we've helped people, it's really funny because I think if if you've been in fitness a long time and your habit has been training people to lose weight in their 30s and 40s, you have not had eyes for this huge market. And, and when we've helped people see the market, all of a sudden they're like, hey, Chad, I, I see old people everywhere, right? Because uh, all of a sudden you realize, you look around and you're like, one out of two people are over 50, right? One out of four people are baby boomers. One out of two people are over 50. All of a sudden you're like, they're everywhere, right? The market opportunity has literally been sitting right in front of me, and I, I just haven't been paying attention. Well, I can tell you firsthand, me, because I am 48 years old, so I am in that Gen X population, and I don't see any ads geared towards um, me. And um, yep, my yep. You know, that specifically speak to me as as an aging um, athlete. So not one. And I checked out everyone's stuff and I'm in nobody's algorithm. <laughs> like, you know, I felt that I'd be all I see are get ripped rock hard abs and and uh, all these vanity ads. And I'm like, hey, I've been single digits fat uh body fat on a number of occasions um i've been in super athletic shape but i'm almost 50 i don't i don't want to do that anymore it, it, like to be honest i don't want to work that hard anymore you right. know i don't, I don't want to diet that hard anymore i don't want to train that hard anymore you know i just want to look good when i have my shirt off at the beach, I want to perform well on the mat, and I want to maintain a certain level of strength. That's it. That's all I want. Like for the rest of my life, that I'm able to do so. That's where I want to be. And I think, and I don't think I'm an outlier on that. I, I, I think if you talk to uh, most of the guys our age, they would say they would say the exact same thing. And no one's talking to us like that. Right. The cost of ultimate leanness is so high that you get to a certain age and you're like, why am I doing this? So it was, doesn't make sense because actually there's very little health benefit to being 8% body fat versus 15% body fat. There, there's not a dramatic like, oh, you're going to live 10 years longer. Uh, in fact, there's almost no change whatsoever. In fact, the cost of being that lean could be damaging your health. In fact, we, right. you know, we know as some people get too extreme, right? You push to six and five and 4% body fat. And now that actually does negatively impact your health, right? It's too hard on your system. So um, for sure, you're right. I mean, the, the Gen Xers and, and women will tell you this even more, Chad, right? A 48-year-old woman will say, I've just completely disappeared, right? I mean, I'm nowhere to be found in the fitness world, right? Because no one wants to market to a 50-year-old woman, 
right? They don't know how to do that. They don't know how to reach her. They figure out well, she's menopausal, uh, right? And and so she just feels like totally unseen and unheard. Um, again, it's a massive opportunity where if you do this well, you will absolutely dominate that market and you'll have these clients for a long time. Uh, they're going to be more, more reliable, more loyal, better refers, better payers, complain less about the price. Um, you know, they're, and let's face it, they're more mature clients, right? I mean, I can admit, Chad, and you can admit this at 48 years old, we're better customers than when we were 28. Oh, way better. I would, I would have been better. Terrible. I would have been yeah. terrible in my, in my be 20s. Right, right. We're more consistent. If we sign up for something, we're going to follow through. We're going to pay. Um, I mean, it's just, it's an, it, we're more mature than we were 20 years ago, right? So, you know, would you rather have a 58-year-old, a 68-year-old client that's going to be consistent and loyal or a 38-year-old client who literally might change their mind in two or three weeks? And I'm not saying that in any way to belittle 38-year-olds, right? I'm just saying sure. it's a different stage in life where you actually have a little more ability as you get older uh, to be more committed, right? You don't, you don't have more motivation also. Yeah, more yeah you don't have kid, kids tugging you in different directions. Oh, I didn't know I was going to wind up coaching soccer next week. You know, you have all these different things coming at you, uh, raising a family, and um, it's just a different stage of life too. Man, well, it sounds like we're gonna do some business, Doctor Dan. We're gonna come out with the uh, with with the first product for aging men over forty five. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, you know, we're gonna do shirtless ads. Me and you, man. You ready? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> well, well, listen. Uh, well, let's talk about the actual certification program. So, when someone enrolls. And the uh, uh, functional aging, what it's called the functional aging uh, specialist, specialist. Yep. functional aging specialist certification program. Like, what can they expect? Well, it's going to be about fifteen hours of study material. Uh, it's about half video, half reading. Um, there's a lot of handouts, um, a lot of manuals, and then about 24 videos that really go over uh, physiology of aging, understanding uh, how clients mature, right? Like a 70-year-old is thinking about their fitness goals differently than a 50-year-old, and how do we understand that? Uh, functional fitness assessments, functional fitness techniques and exercise strategies, um, really just the whole training program design. Like how do I build a program for a 59-year-old, for a 69-year-old, for a 79-year-old? And then we talk about our functional aging training model, which really dives into the six domains of human function, right? So we're going to train six different aspects of function because as we look at human performance, we want to break it down into components like musculoskeletal, where we've got strength and speed and power. And then we've got cardiovascular and we've got cognitive or, you know, our brain and, and mental health, uh, which is huge, right? That's a whole other aspect that I think a lot of fitness programs, they just think, oh, we got to do some cardio and we got to do some strength. Well, we, we talk about those two components, but then we say, but that's not all of it, right? There's coordination and agility and mobility and how we move and balance. And so uh, we're going to approach it from a holistic, full functional model, because at the end of the day, Mrs. Jones is coming to you saying, I'm having trouble carrying the dog food in from the van into the house. 
And you're like, hmm, that's some strength, that's some balance, that's some coordination, that's some mobility. There's a lot of components to that. It's not just she needs to be stronger, right? There's there's more to it than that. And so, um, so we look at all aspects of, of really functional training. So is there um, is there a uh, is there a, a CEU component of this, or if someone is certified by like National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, do they get um, CEU credits? For both? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All the major uh, organizations like NASM, ACSM, ACE, um, yeah, they, they range from 15 to 16 CEUs. Um, some have ranged, some have credited for 15 hours, some 16 hours. So I always tell people it's, it's going to be about a 15 hour course. Um, I, I've seen people rip through it faster. Uh, a lot of that I think depends on, you know, can you, how fast you read and, and can consume handout material the videos are pretty fixed right it's it's about seven hours of video content so um so yeah it's 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 really designed that someone can rip through it in a couple of weeks if they want to um i mean you could knock this thing out in a in a three-day weekend uh if you if you really wanted to um but usually people take a couple of weeks to to consume it well i love it man so what's the so what's the future of the uh, Functional Aging Institute, you know, what do you have cooking up? Well, we're releasing a new uh, a new course. Um, hopefully, it may even be out by the time this podcast lands. So, uh, I'll say in the next few weeks, we're releasing a new course called the Brain Fitness Specialist, and this is really combining how do we combine brain training and cognitive training with fitness training? Um, and so, we're going to look at that cognitive domain. We're always trying to release a course that allows people to go a little deeper in each sort of section of training, right? So uh, we have two balance courses, for example, but we haven't had a brain-focused course where we look at cognitive training. So the Brain Fitness Specialist is our next thing to release, um, and, and that'll be dropping. If it hasn't already dropped by the time this podcast has hit, it will be dropping in a few weeks. Um, and then... Uh, the other, uh, thing we have releasing, uh, later this fall will be a power training workshop. Uh, we filmed a power training workshop at age performance where all they do is power training, right? They really, really focus on power training, strength, and speed, right? That's their, that's their main core. And so we filmed a workshop there. Um, and, and we're about, we're about have the finishing touches on that to, to release that. So we're excited, uh, for that power it's the last thing to go. Uh, you can look at it with um, a lot of aging athletes. Um, like, I can still run pretty fast one direction, but, uh, you know, I'm at a higher risk of tearing these quads, but I can still run really fast. So my durability is down, but my, but my speed and power is not really left that much. Uh, you look at, uh, when, look at when Big George Foreman came back, uh, in the nineties, in his fifties, he was still knocking guys out. You know, he couldn't go long rounds like he used to. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't, uh, uh, he wasn't as agile as he used to be, but yeah. he could still, he could still knock. like, if, if he connects, you were taking a nap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, power, power is such a unique, um, thing in that it's, a, it's a perfect combat. I mean, power is force times speed, right? So it's, it's really strength times our ability to move fast uh, and George Foreman I think was still successful 
he definitely had lost some speed, right? He was not as fast as he used to be. But I don't know that he lost much strength, right? So if he was able to hit you, he was still going to hit you with as much force as when he was 30, right? The, the, the reality was he, harder. Yeah, he just wasn't quite as fast, right? So right. What, what we see with power is is typically the speed component drops off more so. Uh, and then all of a sudden that catches up with people, right? Like I can't get, I can't get started as fast, um, right? If I'm playing tennis, I, I can't change directions as fast. Um, and so that, that start and stop speed component is not there like it used to be. And so we have to train it, um, for a lot of people, they stop training it, right? They stop playing sports. They stop playing games. They stop doing things, um, you know, they stop sprinting upstairs and running upstairs and doing things that kids might do, right? Like, why do kids run upstairs? Well, we don't do that when we get older, right? It's like, I'm, I'm not in a hurry to run upstairs. So we start to, we lose some of those fast twitch muscle fibers and we lose a little bit of that speed. And now you combine that with also, maybe we've lost a little bit of strength, right? You could lose 10% of your strength and probably not hardly even notice, right? It doesn't have a huge impact. But if you lose 10% of your strength and 20% of your speed, we combine that, we've lost 30% of our power, right? It's a cumulative effect. And, and that, that's where we start to really see it on things like hitting a tennis ball, hitting a softball, hitting yeah. a golf ball. It's like, dang it, the golf ball's not going anywhere near as far as it used to. I don't feel like I've gotten that much weaker. It's speed well, and strength, right? For little things that you notice, like I noticed, I used to be able to just like, hop up steps pretty quick, just on my toes. Then I'm like, where'd my calf power go? <laughs> Why can't I bounce up these steps like I used to? Like, I don't get tired much, you know what I mean? Like, I still have lots of energy, um, but I do notice those little things, like like being able to like hop up the steps quick like I used to, or being able to jump about three steps. I can jump up two now, but <laughs> that third one, you know, so I got to get back. So, you know, we may, we may talk offline about, uh, how to get me ready, how to, how to get me back in athletic shape. You will, you, I, I will send you a free copy of the powertrain workshop, Chad, uh, for having me on your podcast. You would, you'll love seeing that because when you see the clients training at age performance and they're, they're doing that, they're doing foot speed, foot power, uh, Paul even describes it as foot springiness, right? We start yeah, to yeah. You know, you hear people say, I start to lose that spring in my step, right? Right. That's that's what you're saying, right? So some of that is training the foot to react faster, the springiness, the, you know, that that calf calf speed and explosiveness. Um, well, that's something you have to be training, right? You gotta you gotta warm up your feet and your calves to to to, to work quick, right? If if you had to to go out to the football field and do some quick feet, quick feet, quick feet, chop your feet, run through the tires, you know. Eh, you might not have quite the same spring in your step as you did 20 years ago. Well, we got to train that, right? We got to train that. So, um, you know, things like now we show a, a video of an 83 year old plyo box jumping on a 30 inch box. Wow. When you see it, yeah, you're like, wow. And then yeah. like, I'm like, that's not wow. That's boring. That's boring. That's what every 80 year old should be able to do, right? We say wow because we're like, Hmm, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if I can jump on a 30 inch box, right? And, and then you start to realize, ah, oh, I need to be doing that so that when I am 83, it's boring, right? It's old hat. Every 83-year-old can jump on a 30-inch box, right? So our goal at the Functional Agent Institute is to make stuff like that normal 
and boring, right? I mean, I show that to trainers. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, it is really cool. But if we were aging better or aging the way we could to our potential, you would all be like, like if I showed a 20-year-old jumping on a 30-inch box, people would be like, why are you showing me this? I don't get it, right? But so we need to shift our perspective to what should 80 look like, right? I say 80 should look like wakeboarding, downhill skiing, hiking, doing whatever you want, right? Uh, I mean, Dr. Charles Eukster showed us, he waited till he was 87 years old to take up wakeboarding, right? So I don't know if you've ever wakeboarded yet, Chad. I've never wakeboarded. Ah, nope, I have not. I'm just putting it off till my 80s. I'll get around to it. Not try it. I'll try it then. <laughs> no, everyone thought I was crazy when I joined this jujitsu school. And uh, yeah, I was like, listen, I always find that I'm a lot more motivated to work out in general when I have something to work out for. Um, I used sure. to be able to, you know, when I was in my 20s, I go to the gym two, three hours a day, you know, train hard, you know, bust my ass. But uh, now I can't be bothered, man. So I need something, you know, to give me a reason to train now. And yeah. Um, and uh, so I've been training in jujitsu and, and I've gotten, I've put my toe back into the world of professional wrestling. So I've got, uh, I have an upcoming match in November. It's, it's the first match in a long time that since pandemic was a few months ago, it was for, um, a benefit show for my old pro wrestling mentor. This is just for fun now because there's someone that I really want to work with. He's really good. Um, and I just want to go and just show everybody, uh, what, who hasn't seen me do it before, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you know, what you missed, what you missed out on for 20 years, but it's also good to, just to have a definitive end to my career. And I really want it to be special. I want to look my best. I want to perform my best. I don't want to get injured. You know what I mean? So, uh, that, that's the goal, man. So this power workshop sounds like it's going to be a, a great benefit for me, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, see, you, you said exactly sort of what I said earlier, right? you you, you have a specific thing in life that you want to do. Right. And so your training needs to support that and be purposeful. Right. Otherwise, why are you doing it? Right. I mean, if yeah. you're like, Hey, I want to do jujitsu because that's a, a, a hobby passion I really enjoy. And so my workouts, I, I want to do professional wrestling or semi pro wrestling, or there are things you enjoy doing. And so your fitness routine has to be in line with that. If it's not, you're like, at some point you're like, why am I doing this? Right? Like, why am I going to the gym and running on a treadmill? Like, I don't even enjoy running. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to, I think, and I know that. Right. And I don't either. And, and I'm, I always tell people, you will not catch me ever running on a treadmill because I don't like running. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even use running as my form of exercise, right? The only running I tend to do is if I'm playing kickball or soccer with my kids. So I do just a little bit of it in my training. Um, but I actually train more functional movement patterns for running and sprinting than I would just hop on a treadmill and aimlessly run. So um, it's good that you know that about yourself because that allows you to have more success, right? I know about myself, I will rarely, rarely train alone. I need to have a training partner. Uh, and this week we were successful four times out of five, right? 
today, today, neither of us were really available to work out. And so shockingly, neither of us worked out. Uh-oh. But we were successful. We were successful four out of five days. So that I'll take that uh, every week. So you need to know, you know, what sort of things drive you, support you. You know, if you know your exercise programming needs to be something that for some people it's fun, right? I need it to be fun, right? I, I don't need exercise to be fun. I need it to be purposeful and meaningful, and I need it to be connected to another person. Um, so today. Because my training partner wasn't really available to work out, I asked my wife if she wanted to go for a hike. And we went for a hike in a state park for an hour instead, right? That was my workout this morning. And we enjoyed that so much. I think we're going to go for another hike in the same state park tonight. Um, Primarily because we had such a fun time because we saw an otter, which we never, ever see. It's a rare thing to see. And so we thought, hey, well, let's go back there tonight. Maybe we'll see the otter again tonight. And if we don't, we don't, we'll get in another hour hike, right? So um, so you need to know those things about yourself, right? What's it take, you know, and, and some people listening might go, you know, I really like cycling. Maybe it's time I finally join that cycling club. Because if you join a cycling club, club, guess what? They'll probably have four or five cycling rides every week. And now you've got things to sign up for, look forward to, make a right. social thing, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh, Tuesday night, they're going on a bike ride to... I don't even know that course. And now you don't have to feel intimidated. You just show up and you got a group and, you know, those sorts of things. So, um, so make exercise something that supports the things you want to do in life. I mean, you shared that about yourself, Chad. I think that really is so, so critical. So if people want to find out more about, about you, your programs, your certification, uh, or even just get some training advice, how can they contact you? Functionalaginginstitute.com, functionalaginginstitute.com. When you land there, uh, I usually recommend people uh, check out our free starter kit and check out our weekly webinars. So if you click on the webinar tab, we've got upcoming presentations on lots of different topics from, you know, and they range all over from barefoot training to power training to chair-based training to, um, Somebody's doing a session on blood flow restriction training, those new um, blood flow cuffs. You can, I mean, every topic under the sun uh, we cover over the, the, the span of a year, uh, and those are free. Um, so I usually tell people, just get on our calendar, get registered for upcoming events. Um, and then you can use our contact page if you're like, hey, I'm looking for a trainer in my area. Great, we'd love to connect you. We've got trainers in 49 out of 50 states that are functional aging specialists. We've got over 5,000 around the world. Um, so yeah, our website, functionalaginstitute.com has got a lot of resources for you. That's great, man. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you. I'm definitely looking forward to to checking out this power workshop and definitely listen, friends, if even if you're not in the fitness business, it, go get the knowledge uh, because none of us are going to be young forever. So <laughs> there's a lot that you can learn about how to train uh, when you get older, even when you're younger, it's always good to have a more integrated approach to your training. It's been the secret of my long-term athleticism is having a, a complete training program uh, for a very long time. Um, so check it out, folks. You got to stay healthy. You got to stay fit. You got to stay strong. And you also have to share this podcast. So uh, share it with whoever you feel like can use it. Give us a great review. And until next time, I want you guys to go out there and keep 
living. Keep loving and keep hustling. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.